and welcome to episode 79 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today, we have the master of the pooping ferrets. Uh, I don't want Steven that to be Myring, my Myring, on the boards, thank you. Oh, that's Steven now. Yeah, I definitely just had a, a ferret situation like two minutes before we started, <laughs> but that, that happens like every day. I mean, not every day, whatever. Ferrets I just, I, I don't like ferrets. I'm, I'm sorry. Are, I, that really upsets me. And like I'm not, not going to tolerate it. I mean, they're really cute. Don't get me wrong, but like they're really gross. Like they just poop everywhere. Kind of like men. I don't know. I was just kind of something random. Kind of like babies. What do you want? One of those? Four hundred babies. <laughs> I don't think so, Scooter. Although my father-in-law is kind of like guilt-tripping my wife lately, and kind of being like, whenever she has like, oh hey, guess what? We have news. He's always like, what are you pregnant? And I'm like, what the? No, we haven't even been married for a year. Jeez. Yeah, anyway, I'm Derek Hemsberg and Embryon on the boards, and I'm not going to hear your anti-ferret rhetoric. I'm not hating on ferrets. They are very, very cute. You just said cute. you don't like them. Well, I don't hate them. Okay. I, just think they're, I just think they're a little gross. That's all. I just think they're a little gross. I'm not going to engage you anymore not, on this topic. It's not, that I, it's not that I hate them. It's just that I think they're disgusting. They, they are a little, they're a little grody. No, I, I, was, just, I was mocking Rob. Oh. I, I think ferrets are cool. Ah, sigh. That's uh, Stephen Myrink, ladies and gentlemen. He said that already. No, I said Derek. Yeah, I know, but while you're introducing Derek, I said my name. Oh, did, did you really? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm barely. I was thinking you know about what? ferrets. I'm just going to go download Carol Blaster and play that, and you guys can podcast without me. That's cool. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, we are T minus three weeks until E3, guys. Holy crap. I know. Yes, holy crap. This is but the first see, time we get to meet each other. Well, yeah. I get to meet you guys in real life. Right. We've met before, but not I, Rob. And I, see, I, now now I know that I can't share a room with you because you're a ferret hate monger. For God's yeah. sake. You're going to hold that against me? Check your anti-ferret privilege, man. Yeah, man. Come on. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, so, yeah, we might do a little bit of E3 talk. Um, you know, it seems like we've had a couple of leaks as of uh, recent. Some, some bestial leaks. Maybe if you if you I might. I don't know anything about that, and I don't care yet. Okay, well, you're, we're going to make you care, Derek. We are going to make right. you care. Uh, speaking of which, Steven's been playing a lot of games, and I think before he talks about the game that he's currently playing right now, he should. I'm not playing talk- anything right now. Uh, well, okay, so you stopped playing. I didn't. Uh, I didn't but actually. since you're, you know, you played a couple of games recently. Why don't you tell us a little bit? You you finished up Persona Three, correct? Yeah, I I so I've been saying since. Probably the episode where we had John and Kim on to talk about uh, Persona 3 Portable, that I was going to beat it someday. Well, like, the same week I had to start finishing my Master's stuff, uh, I decided I was also going to finally beat Persona 3. So I did. Um, I started from the beginning and beat the entire game, and it's amazing. Now, Um, So there are aspects of it that are better done in Persona 4, like almost everything related to gameplay. Uh, the dating thing is way better in four because I hate that you have to basically cheat on one girl to max out a social link with another. You're just um, not that kind of guy, is what you're talking. I don't talking. know. I feel well, like I, you're really hung up on that. Actually, it is. Really it, it. it it really destroys the integrity of the social links. It it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you, you for example, you go on. There's a trip you go on to Kyoto at one point in the game, and the girl that you're dating is like, "Hey, I want to hang out with you. You know, I love you." Da 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 da. Three girls told me they loved me on that trip and that they couldn't wait to see me. So then I walked three feet over and talked to the other one. And she's like, I love you, too. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You're just a ladies' man, dude. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that they would make that the way to max out the social links with the girls when you're kind of gaming the system. And it's not like they didn't think that would happen because there are, 
you know, there's like post-game content that requires you to max out all the social links. All that said, you know, that sucks and all, but the game is still awesome. Um, the sensitive atmosphere is just unbelievable in that game. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I would actually say that P3 has a better end game atmosphere than P4 does. Absolutely. Uh, like once the music changes to the, like the sad songs and like, you know, everyone in the dorm is like talking about what is going to happen and is like super depressed and or afraid and terrified. Uh, it's just really great. Um, I, real quick, he, because I'm uh, not trying to cut you off, Stephen, but like I, I got really close to beating P3 back in the day, and then I, I stopped. Like I, I just too much was going on in my life. I think I was getting ready to go to graduate school, uh, but I did beat P4. If I was going to pick up P3 again, should I do the PSP version or should I do should I just go back to the PlayStation 2 game? So you should pick up the PSP version because you hate not being able to control your party. That oh yeah um, I remember that's why problem, I stopped that's why I stopped neither neither of those versions is definitive I would argue and that's frustrating because I had a friend that was playing Persona Three Fest on PS2 the same time I was playing and it's clear that something is lost in the cutscenes um, like you get the text you get character portraits but like there's a scene where a certain person gets shot and in the P3P it's literally just like the bad guy's character portrait holds up a gun and then you hear a gunshot and then like the dialogue is the same, so you're supposed to be able to see how the person was shot, but since you can't see it, it's just like, oh, it happened, oh, you get shot, ah. Yeah, because um, P3 removes all of the actual, like, exploration aspect outside of Tartarus and mm. replaces it with the visual novel-style cutscenes, which, um, like Steven says, you do lose something with that. I think that it makes exploration, like, a lot more streamlined as far as you can really quickly hop around town. And even in P3, you had, like, a, um, the auto, like, the quick travel thing where you can travel to areas just by pressing square. Right. But well, um, that's actually not in Persona 3 Fest, because I asked my friend about that. Oh, it we isn't? Were, no, and that's, that's the I thing. Thought it, is, I thought it was added to Fest. I could be wrong, but I thought it was. Yeah, it's just in Portable. Um, oh, wow. Because I've been playing the answer, too, uh, and I was messing around with Fest, and I was like, oh, gosh, like, the main difference is that the console version is a slower-paced game for a lot of reasons. Like, the the battles have been changed to be more like Persona 4. But, like, in Persona 3 Portable, if you get a critical hit on an enemy, like, say you do a multi-target spell, if you get one crit or one weakness, you get another turn. In Persona 3 on console, you have to hit every enemy with a critical attack to get another turn, which basically means you almost never get extra turns um, and with a multi-target spell. So... In terms of difficulty balance, it's more challenging on console, but it's mm. also much slower paced because you can't control your party either. Mm. Right, and the the big probably the biggest difference is Persona Three Fest has the answer, which is that epilogue sort of like super extended epilogue game um, where you play as I guess as the main character, and it it's the story of what happens after the ending of P Three. Um, some people argue that it kind of detracts from uh, Persona 3's ending. I I wouldn't really think so. Like, it's definitely not as big of a difference as Final Fantasy X to X-2 kind of thing. Um, it's still thematically similar, and it, it's still dark, and um, I think it's interesting. I love Igus as a character, so I was super happy to have a side, like a side story starring her. But, yeah, I agree. Um, there, is, there is a little bit of backpedaling in character development, it's specifically with, uh, I feel like if you maxed some of the social links in P3, um, those characters lose some of their growth mm -hmm. in the answer, um, like Yukari specifically. Seems like she's really jaded in in P three or in the answer. Whereas, like, if you max her social link in P three, you kind of understand why she acts the way she acts. But uh, I I think that's worth playing. So, like, my my recommendation to you, like Stephen was saying, is I would play P three P so that you get the the full control of your party members and stuff. 
And then if you're gonna if you're interested in going on with the story, grab fast and go for the answer, and that's on PSN for like ten. Because you can you can just start the answer right away, can't you? Yep. Yeah, okay. like that's what I did, and it's actually five bucks. So like I just bought it, and I've been playing it. It's cool too. Like the reason I say you should definitely play the PSP one is because there are improvements from a, there are a lot more combat changes that were in Persona Four in Portable. Um, yeah. Which for okay. me, as somebody who played four first, I like that better. But I will admit, like I went back and watched a lot of scenes on yeah. like YouTube or like when my friend was playing because you definitely do lose a little a little something by not being able to see three-dimensionally what's happening. Right. Steve, did you play as the, the male main character in P3P? I played as the dude main character, and then I restarted as the girl on New Game Plus, and I'm like three-quarters of the way through the game with her. Mm, okay. Um, was... And it's really cool. Like, I like the girl better, like a lot better, actually. I think her her social links are designed more like Persona 4's social links. Yeah, I would say um, that. Like, I like that Junpei basically hits on you for a while until you become friends. Like, it's kind of funny, because that's what he would do if, you, if the main character was a girl. Um, but it's it's the things they change are cool. Um, yeah, and the like, big thing was, like, in, in original P3, you, you couldn't, as the male main character, like, there was only a male main character, so you couldn't have social links with your male party members. Um, I don't really know why, but they, they just didn't implement them. So in P3P, if you play as the girl, any of the social links that, like, would have been with other random NPCs are, like, replaced with your male party members, so you can actually have one with, like, Ken and Shinjiro and Akihiko. So yeah. I Yo, thought that was way more, like, it makes your party feel a lot more, um, like, bonded. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, I think the reason you couldn't have social links with the guy characters and the guy's storyline is, I think when they made Persona 3 originally, they sort of approached the social element as also, like, a dating sim with the girls. Yeah. Because it's kind of what it was, and not that I had a problem with that, but I think that's why you date all of the girls, whereas... Persona 4 made the good choice of, do you want to date this girl? No. So then your social link continues. You get that character development without having to feel like you're playing, you know, Johnny McTen girlfriends or whatever. <laughs> uh, that sounds like the story of your life right there, Steven. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I still need to play Persona 4 Golden. Like, I have it on my Vita, and I just haven't sat down to play it yet. And I, I would play Portable first. You think I should do Portable? Golden is such a vastly... It, it is like... A vastly improved Persona experience in terms of gameplay. So going back at first, when I first tried to play P3P after beating four, I was like, "Oh, there's just so many things that are like faster or better in Portable or in Golden that I, I wasn't ready." So after taking a long break, I was able to kind of play it on its own merits. Mm-hmm. And then you'll appreciate all the changes in Golden. I am about ready to go in the summer, so I, I will have time to play the video games again. Yeah, I'm which... so excited to play video games for the summer. I think. Uh... Stephen and I both just finished our semesters at school, so yes. I am I'm not finished yet. I'm still an undergraduate, but uh, Stephen just finished his last semester of grad school. So major congrats to you, my friend. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It's exciting. Well done. And now you can just uh, live the dream and play video games forever. Well, I got to write my thesis, and then I'm going to Japan to study language for ten yeah, months. Yeah, whatever. So. But I'm I'll going live, to Japan I'll too. I'll live most of the dream. Wait, when are you going to Japan? Like in the fall? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say we could go together and meet places. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I think you're going before I am. Yeah. When you finished up, did you do the da na 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 I know I did. No, it was really anticlimactic, actually. It just kind of ended, and I was like, all right, I'm done. And I'm not going to my graduation, so it was like, I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to go to graduation, trust me. I mean, if 
you wanted to, you could. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's one of those weird things where, like, I, I, f- I feel like the, the high school graduation feels more real in a way. Like, college graduation's like, wow, now, now the real world is ahead of me. Oh, oh God. Well, see, that's the thing is, I didn't go to my undergrad graduation either, so, like, it's weird. I've never, gra- I've never had a graduation ceremony. But I was just like, you know, I don't actually want to go. Like, I just want to hang out and relax. <laughs> yeah, I went to my community college graduation for my associate's degree and there were so many people that like it, it was like a three and a half hour thing i think oh god and it, i i was just like why did i do this but i i still thought it was cool it was like you know validation for no it definitely feels good i mean I, i'm not saying that it doesn't it's just like it, it was time to be done i think that's what i felt like it was like yeah I, like, i'm yeah. ready to be done that's how I feel, and like I'm like oddly pragmatic about that because I'm like, you know, I don't want to go to graduation because I don't feel like I've succeeded until I have the job I want. Like I'm like, yeah, I have my degree, but you know, until I can actually use it, that's sort of like, you know. I got you, but anyway, I just I didn't mean to get on this tangent, but I just wanted to publicly congratulate you because that's a lot of hard work. So We're so proud of you, buddy, and so congrats proud. to you. Yeah, I'm getting there. Starting to. My my, my friends are upgrading. Yep, we're, so, we're so going to be on your up. level someday. You guys are already on my level. Come on now. Get on my level. My bank account ain't on your level. Oh! Oh! Yeah, it's probably worse off. Yeah, wait till you have money to spend, and you can start thinking about whether or not you want to actually buy a PlayStation 4. You're like, huh, maybe maybe I kind of do. I already have one. I know, I'm getting I'm, I'm getting there. So anyway, so <laughs> P3P, uh, but, uh, P3 yeah, uh, on PSP. Okay, so you played that a little bit, Steven. What else you got? Uh, so... What else do I got? I forgot. Well, we got that oh. one game that we'll Did you play about. Dang it, Grandpa? Yeah, I've been playing Donnie's Grandpa, and, um... <laughs> like, that's a really cool visual novel, and maybe it's just a trope of visual novels, but kind of like how with a regular RPG, I really hate the we're gonna go to an arena tournament plotline. I'm really, like, starting to get sick of the tropey... Uh, I don't want to say jrpg tropey, but, like... So many stories I hear are like, you and a bunch of other people have been put into an area and must kill each other. Like, I'm so sick of that storyline. That said, is quite good. Well, and um, also, when, when we get the sequel to Virtue's Last Reward, you know, sometime in the next 20 years, you're going to no, be really excited. Uh, Uchikoshi's either working on that or something unrelated, but he's working on something. Yeah, we know he's working on something, but what I'm saying is, like... When that comes out and it's another game about, like, you and a bunch of friends have to make decisions about killing each other, Steven's going to be all over that. Well, that's the thing is, like, that I've... Because they do it well. Yeah, like, I've had that plot in those games, and those are like, you know, you've been captured and brought here. And I'm okay with it as long as it's told well. But I'll admit, when I started Danganronpa, I was like, oh, God, here we go. First, we get the scene where I have to meet all the quirky characters, and then everyone's got one character trait that will get explored later. But, um... Did you meet a girl with a ridiculous chest? Um... Oh, duh. Yes. And there yep, are also three couple of ridiculous haircuts. But on the other hand, playing it, um, it's fun. The writing is maybe a little bit sillier than VLR 999, at least in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, so far it's held my interest. It's fun. Um, the, the premise of the game is basically that everyone's in this school and it's a school for ultimates. It's like all like the best in their field people like. You know, a famous pop idol, a famous baseball player, a famous mathematician, like all these teenagers that are like the best in their field. And your guy is picked because he's the, the the ultimate lucky guy. He's not good at anything. He's just really lucky and got picked. Uh, so you show up and basically you get knocked out when you walk in and you wake up and all the windows are bolted shut. 
and you can't leave the school and there are machine guns everywhere and a terrifying mascot character tells you that you have to stay in the school forever unless you kill somebody and don't get caught doing it. I'm going to institute this at Which my job. Which is just like real life. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it's really interesting because it's like, it's not your usual, oh, you're just going to kill each other to get out. It's you have to kill someone and not get caught. Like, nobody can suspect that it was you. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty quirky so far, and I, I use that word with hate in my heart, but I, I like it. Um, I'll definitely finish it. And, yeah, you know, I, I know the plot gets uh, more, you know, complex as it goes on. I don't know that I'll ever like it as much as VLR, but that's hard. That's also because VLR is kind of the second visual novel ever played, and it was the sequel to 99, and it was amazing. Right, yeah. I think, and also, Danganronpa has like a, it has a different tone for sure. It does get into some of the interesting, like surprisingly dark kind of stuff. Um, and I feel like a lot of the characters develop in unexpected ways in that. Mm-hmm. And you also have, you never know, like, who's going to die next or. I mean, sorry to spoil it for you, but, like, the point of the game is, like, every chapter is somebody dies and you have to figure out who killed them. Yeah, and, like, there's a report card that says, like, who's alive and who's dead. Right. And also, um, Danganronpa has kind of an interesting Social Link-esque system, which ties into us talking about Persona 3 and 4, where you go and you, like, interact with people and you can raise your affection with them, which I think is actually really interesting to do when there's the potential that they could die at any moment. So you're like... Do I want to invest in this relationship right oh, now? Oh, that's or cool. Oh, I like that. Fight it? Like, yeah. So, and and the like the people who die are, it's driven. It's like decided by the narrative. So you can't save them by having your affection up with them. So I just think it's I think it's really interesting, and it's it's a very unpredictable game. Is that on the PlayStation Network? I think you can uh, you can download uh, all Vita games yeah, on the PlayStation. Yeah, it's for Vita. Yeah. Well, you, you can't. Yeah, you have to play it on your Vita, obviously. But yeah. they have. Um, the, the sequel to that, I, I remember we talked about the news story before, but the sequel's coming out this fall, so that that just came out in, like, February, and then the sequel comes out in, I think, November or something, or September, like, really soon. Um, I, I would recommend it a lot. If you liked VLR, it's going to be right up your alley, and... Yeah, definitely. I think, I think the character designs can be kind of off-putting if you just look at them. You're like, you'll be like, what the hell is going on, like... That guy has dreadlocks crossed with Cloud Stripe's hair. Like, let's let's talk about the motorcycle gang guy's hair. Although right. he the has ridiculous hair, door. but they make fun of him. So they're like, like your guys, like, what the hell is he the most ultimate hair? Yeah, um, and I think they actually did an incredibly good job with the localization from what I've seen. Like, I haven't played a ton of the game, but the game had the potential to be like annoying, quirky. Like, oh my god, I... nice same example every time is like, oh my god, hyperdimension Neptunium. But it's not that kind of dumb quirky. It's like quirky but well written and almost believable within the context of all that weirdness. Okay, I think I'm gonna pick that up because I'm kind of at, I'm at this weird part right now where I've been playing kind of the the same game for a while. Please don't look. I at wonder my what game that is. Yeah, oh, I don't, don't, know. don't look kidding. at my Steam account right now. Uh, like, no, and I, I need something. I need something new, and I want to play on my Vita. Like, I really, really love my Vita, and I Dude, need there something are for it. So many games to play on Vita. You could play Persona Three Portable, even. Yeah, yeah. And uh, apparently, I could have played a bunch of PlayStation One games for a while there, and then Sony said, "No, you know what? What the hell is that about?" I don't. I, I think they want to roll that out. I think yeah, it's probably not ready. Yeah, my guess is that it was like some games didn't work. Yeah, so. exactly. And I, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Like, you know. I'd rather have it working over time than come out and be an, a nightmare. It it just was still one of those really weird things. Like, 
you know, come on, you guys finally got something so right with your portable system, and then what we're talking about for those that aren't in the know, um, uh, what was it, PlayStation One and PlayStation Portable games suddenly just started working on the Vita, like you could download any of them. Yeah, all of them. And that was like amazing, and then they just turned it off like a day or two later. My guess is what they're preparing to roll out is complete PS1, PS2 compatibility across all the platforms. Like I, I don't PS3, know if PS2 PS4. is going to be in there. I, I don't know. I, well, I, I I think they're getting to where PS2 will be more doable. Um, basically, all I want is them to make everything up to PS3 games work on the PS4, because then by extension, they'll work on Vita. Yeah, I really that, okay. That's fair because then you'd be streaming it at least, which would be pretty freaking amazing. Like there are so many PlayStation Two games. I think I mentioned it before. I really want to play Fatal Frame Two. Like I've always cool wanted to play that. And Crimson uh, Butterfly. Yeah. yeah, good game. Yeah, it's a cool. I've always wanted to play that. And on the Vita, it just it that feels so right on the Vita. I uh, I I'll admit, what I really want them to do is get that native. Um, PS2, PS3 backward compatibility working on PS4. PS2, like, PS3 on PlayStation 4. Okay, I'm just trying like, to keep all this together. It's It's been hinted at, you know, forever and ever. And it would be an incredibly huge, like, yes for Sony. Like, imagine being able to stream any PS3 game to your Vita. Yeah, that, that would be, be amazing. And if they're doing it right, it, like like you're talking about, in terms of manipulation of the hardware and PlayStation 4 compatibility with Vita, then yeah, you should be able to stream it. And that would just be, oh. Yeah, because like, you know, I'll admit, I love my PS4, but I, it's really annoying that I have to go back down to my PS3 to play like Tales of Symphonia HD or Final Fantasy X HD or any of the really cool games that are coming out on PS3, because well, I'd rather be playing with a PS4 controller. FF10 HD is a bad example, because that exists wow. on Vita. Oh, yeah, yeah, But, like, if I wanted to play it on my TV is what I mean. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I still... I'm still all about my big screen stuff, but I, having the option to play them, set, like, on a handheld would be amazing just because, especially as of late, like, uh, as I've been out of the house more and more, I find myself wishing that I could take some of these games with me, which is why FF10 has been, like, amazing because I can just... I get the best of both worlds because I ended up buying it for Vita... Um, they had it on sale. I think I also said that last episode. I repeat myself. I don't know what I've said anymore. But I ended up buying it for Vita, and I've played it like 10 times more on my Vita than I have on the PS3 just really? because I haven't been home as much. Yeah, and then I can... The cool thing is that if I want it on the big screen, I just cross-save, pop it in, and I'm good to go. So I really like... I, that's, I feel like that was the next-gen dream of last generation um, from like PS3 to... Like PS2 to PSP or PS3 to PSP. I don't know. But I always felt like it would be really freaking cool to be able to just take your stuff with you and be able to switch between the two. Um, yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of kind of misleading uh, PR out there of like, yeah, it's so easy. You just get MLB the show and then you can take it between your two systems, no problem. And it's not quite that simple in reality, but I think that's something that we're working towards with next-gen hardware. And I would absolutely love having that available for, for everything just kind of like universally out of the box. Yeah. I would agree. I I really that would push me over the limit. Like if they announce that stuff at E3 and it's around the corner, they don't do the whole oh yeah it's coming and then it doesn't come for like a year and a half. If it's around the corner, right. I will get a PlayStation 4 right away. Speaking of things they're going to announce at E3, um, I know we'll talk about more about it later, but this isn't relevant to us necessarily. So that's why I just wanted to touch upon it. Those Nintendo figures are going to bleed me dry. Which Nintendo uh, figures? I don't know. So Ninten about. Nintendo basically announced Skylanders for Nintendo. Oh, but it's, God. It's, it's Nintendo characters. You say, oh, God, 
they're printing money. Oh no 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 no! I, I that's a cynical oh god from a from a marketing business standpoint. Good lord, that's a smart decision. It's yeah. it's more the I don't get Skylanders, so I'm not going to do it. But no, it's a I, I, totally I can right. appreciate the appeal of Skylanders. Like it's not really my thing. Like collectible stuff just doesn't do it for me anymore. In that like that kind of stuff. Um, but like you know, how do we turn around the fortunes of our stuff? We take the characters that everyone likes and make a thing that is clearly popular. You know, I think that's yeah. like as long I, as they I, they reach into like deeper catalogs than just it's Mario, it's Yoshi, it. it's Link. Like as long as they do something a little bit more unique with that, and kind of if they can partner with some third party stuff, if they can offer like like I would buy like Golden Sun figures. Holy crap, all over it. Oh yeah, like I would. I was even saying the other day I would actually buy Golden Sun figures. Like yeah. And the thing is, if they make a game that's good to go with it, which it's Nintendo, it's not EA or I think it's EA or Activision that makes Skylanders. Like. Right. If it's them, the game would actually be really good. Like, yep. um, and I think they, they've actually also said that they want their their figures to work across multiple games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and like, and they're compatible on 3DS and Wii U. Yep. So that I'm I'm all about that. Anyway, we, I mean, I guess it's kind of relevant in case they have RPG stuff that comes out with it, but that would be a smart thing for them to do. Yeah, no, oh, it's man. it's definitely cool. I think it's awesome, but like, you know, I'm not interested in it, but it's going to print money and, you know, based on Nintendo's financials, they definitely need to start doing that. Yeah, like the thing is, people are demanding, "Oh, make smartphone games, make smartphone games." And I think Nintendo realizes that diluting their brand like that would be a mistake cuz that's what happened to Sega and Sega is nowhere near as relevant as they used to be. Oh yeah. Um, so this is a really good way for them to appeal to like the technology that's getting more popular now, and like especially with like younger people, um, without sacrificing what they believe to be their you know the integrity of their products and stuff. Agreed. I, I just I, I hope the, the figures are cool looking. Like they did the Pokemon Rumble U figures a little while back, and those were pretty chintzy looking. And I, because I was interested in the idea, I was like, "Oh, cool, Pokemon figures you can play." But first of all, Pokemon Rumble is not a very fun game, and second of all, they were like weird, super deformed, polygonal kind of figures, which I guess have their own charm. But they were like, you know, five bucks a piece, and I didn't need to pay five bucks for an ugly little looking Pikachu that I wasn't ever going to touch. So, but yeah, yeah, there's there's potential there for sure, especially yet, if they're yet, some other gonna, IPs. You're going to spend money on Smash Brothers. I I don't I don't quite get. Uh, what? Rob, no. go home. Sorry, sorry. You're you guys. like the only person in the world that doesn't like Smash Brothers. That's not... No, there are a couple of people on Twitter that don't like it well, too, and I think they're that's... all crazy. Wow, you guys are all wrong. How does it feel? Yeah, like... No, don't get me... I love the original, and I love Melee. I think Brawl was a huge, giant step backwards. I think it was a I think big you're step, a giant back step for, backwards for, for competitive play, because they added in, like, tripping, and they removed some other competitive elements, but, um... I, I mean, I think they're looking towards the future with the new Smash by specifically including like a competitive mode. No, that's and true. That's they've true. they've uh, announced that Smash Invitational tournament. I actually have like a a friend of a friend who I know, right? What a connection! A friend of a friend who got invited to that Invitational, so he's gonna go, and my friend's all jazzed for him and stuff. And he's like, "I'm gonna see if I can sneak in." But I feel uh, like Nintendo is is definitely cognizant of the fact that people want Smash to be more competitive, and they screwed that up in Brawl. So yeah. Well, I think Nintendo overall, I mean, it, what was it? There was a leak that maybe the uh, X, whatever the game, the Xenoblade guys are working on, that might be coming out this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they've kind of, they're kind of seeing that they're, they've done some things, you know, the Wii U. 
I think it's a little too soon to call that the Virtual Boy 2.0, but I think that, you know, they've got some problems. And they do, for sure. I don't think we're going to see a hardware announcement. I really don't. But, no, definitely not. You know, I, 3DS is still printing money, and for for God's sake, please announce a... We're kind of doing our E3 thing right now, but whatever. You know, for the love of God, please, please announce a 2D Metroid on 3DS, and I will... Oh, uh, yes, please. Mind. Yes, you please. know what? 3D graphics, but 2D playing. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yep, I will lose my mind for that, too. 60 frames a second, you know, oh, the okay. Zelda, uh, A Link Between Worlds style, uh, do it. Do it yep. and make money. I'm all about that. I'm all about them dollar dollar bills. I just, I love Metroid. It's been too long since Metroid anything came out. Yeah, uh, they, and, and Advance Wars would be great, too. I think yeah. it kind of got burned on that whole other M game. I don't think that kind of, yeah. Well, they, that's because they had a third-party developer work on it, and that wasn't retro. Yeah, that was a mess. That yeah. was just an absolute mess. But It really was. But I, They had a third-party developer not known for its excellent portrayals of women characters. Yeah, who would have thought, that. right? Well, it's also... I read an interesting article on Kotaku, and it was kind of like, everybody agrees that Samus Aran is a badass, but no one can agree why. And, you know, she was kind of a cipher in the first three games. I mean, she was she was a badass because she didn't, you know, whine or anything. She was just... You know, her alone on a planet, and I think they kind of well, need to go back to that. Well, that and she had cool armor, and you know, the plot was subtle. Yeah, it's the it's the Ellen Ripley stuff. I mean, that's what makes it so special. I like that she was portrayed as a, a cool character first, and the fact that she was a woman was incidental. Yes, yes, so no, I, that, I wanted, yeah, like, that was the coolest thing. Like now, it's like. They've they've become too self aware of it, so they're like trying to address the fact that she's a woman when it was b- cool before because that was it was like she's just a character, right? Yeah, and, no, I, I would agree yeah, with that. I just I think yeah I think like focusing too hard on the fact that she's a woman kind of leads to negative portrayals of of women, um, just in that like you get this really clear divide between genders and like I don't know it's, it's when things are effortless they're usually more well done than like specifically honed it on i'm I'm not articulating this very well but no i uh, see what you're saying she's a cool character and, well like yeah. look at her design i saw a really good article it was uh samus's design in met super metroid like they showed like a breakdown of like her body in the suit and like the way she's drawn now is way more like total babe like she used to be muscular as shit and now she's like drawn as like a very petite like blonde like attractive woman not that like she wasn't attractive before but like she well, was drawn that, before like as a as like a, a person who looks like they would be a bounty hunter i think that that also comes from her portrayal in uh Wachihuzi and in other m i mean she was blonde in that i mean what? in in other m i mean she went to having like a short blonde haircut in that game and then in super metroid like steven's saying she was just you know built like you know she was huge yeah, she yeah. was built like somebody who would wear a power suit and yeah. fight aliens. No way. Yeah, like, she she was totally built like she was going to be fighting aliens, and they kind of missed that a little bit. And who would have thought? The fans got ticked off with it, you know? So, I don't know. I'd, uh, anywho, let's let's get back to the other game. I feel like we kind of got stopped there a little yeah, bit. So that, let, was quite, that was quite a tangent we pulled Yeah, back. we, we kind of started talking about Metroid, but whatever. Um, I'm always happy to talk about Metroid. I love Metroid, me don't too. get me wrong. I mean, I, I adore Metroid. I just think that we, you know... Oh, you know, speaking of Metroid, again, uh, tangential, and I shouldn't go too far on it, but I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. If anybody has played Cave Story, any of our listeners, um, the creator of Cave Story actually just put out a game today. It's called Carol Blaster, like K-E-R-O, like the... Like Frost. Froggy, like this. 
is, is keto actually the word for frog? Or is it ghetto? Uh, I think anyway. keto is the sound a frog makes. Ghetto, ghetto. That's what I thought. Got it. But anyway. Yeah, I'm remembering Dragon Ball Z right now. It is yes. definitely <laughs> ghetto. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a new side-scroller with some RPG elements, kind of like Cave Story. It just came out today on um, iOS and PC. You can get the game for um, 8 bucks, or you can get the game with its soundtrack for only 2 bucks more, so $10. And it's on Playism, um, which is like the store that sells La Mulana and stuff. So uh, I'm going to check that out today for sure. So if you're a fan of Cave Story, which you should be because it's awesome, I would right. check out Carol Blaster. Okay. I just like spreading the word, man. I know, man. It's okay. It's okay. La Mulana and me don't really get along, but I respect I it. Yeah, I respect they're, way, they're still... way different. Yeah, I know, but me and, Cave me and Story, Lana. you would like Cave Story. Cave Story is built like like a Metroid-style game. Right. La Mulana is like, you know, La Mulana is like those arcane. old, um, they're like from the, which system was it? Not, not PC. MSX. Was it, was it like the Turbo? Yeah, MSX, not TurboGrafx, MSX. Yeah, those games that were like unforgivingly hard just for the sake of being unforgivingly hard. Well, combined with the Castlevania 2, hey, go equip this red gem and kneel in a corner for five minutes while a whirlwind right. comes and takes you to the next area. It's like, uh, okay. Speaking of games that don't exactly uh, <clears throat> tell you everything that's going on, Steven, how you liking Dark Souls 2, buddy? Uh, I thought we were going to talk about Diablo 3. He's Dark finally Souls. got it. He's finally got yeah, Dark Souls 2. Yeah, so I, w- I was going to hold off on getting it until, uh, you know, you know, just until I finish some of the other games I have. But uh, then yesterday it was on sale, and I, I couldn't resist, so I picked it up. And, and you're happy, uh, right? Oh, yeah, I like it a lot. It's fun. Um, you know, they, they, they fixed a lot of stuff. There's some weird this here and there, but nothing that really bothers me that much. Um, my guy looks like Batman. Always and I and I played online with a guy earlier who was name was Captain Planet and he was Captain Planet. <laughs> Captain Planet, he's our hero. Yeah, as if you you may or may not know, but he's going to take pollution down to zero. I hadn't heard Go that. Gonna help but... him put asunder. Yes. Bad guys who like to. What? Oh come on, guys! Just I don't. I actually don't know that part of the song. Okay, fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some kind of under plunder. Yes. Uh, so you're playing on the PC, correct? Which I think we're gonna get some crap for this right now. Everyone's gonna be mad at me, but the PC version is the best for many, many reasons. Yeah, it. I gotta say, like. But, but does it look like the original concept? No. Rated? No, it does not. Okay, so we, we had discussed that. We yeah. were like, is it going to look like the original, or is it just going to be like a scaled up of what actually came out on PS3? And it, that's what I thought was going to happen. Right, I, I was worried that what we were going to get was the, like, oh, this is the real version of Dark Souls 2. And no, it's not. It looks and, really good. Yeah, like they, they said straight up, we took out the lighting effects because it impacted the pace of the game. And I don't understand what people didn't understand about that. Like, like yeah, it doesn't look as cool, but it all if it plays better, who the... Ooh, careful <laughs> uh if it plays better who cares like yeah no. like the, the thing is like the pace of the game would have been really weird like when i played it at e3 having to manage carrying my torch through a pitch black area while getting attacked by 12 guys was dumb yeah that's not like that's not the dark souls kind of difficulty where it's like oh it's challenging but it was like no five dudes with big weapons are attacking you and you can't block I would agree, and I would also say it definitely looks better on PC. I mean, the textures look a little bit better. 
the the game runs at a rock solid 60 frames per second even on a modest graphics card it it looks better it looks crisper but it's not going to look like a next gen game so people have to temper their expectations somewhat there yeah but i mean even then like it looks great like it is, a, it is an attractive game with good art design, so, you know, don't go in expecting it technically to be Infamous Second Son, and you'll be good to go. Right. And then I, I think one of the other things is uh, I complained a little bit about the controls and about how it felt a little dodgier. I don't think the PC version fixes everything. I mean, it, it still has some issues here and there with the hit detection, and there are moments where you're going to be like, wow, that really shouldn't have hit me, and I'm a little annoyed. But overall, it feels so much more responsive playing at 60 frames per second. This is the same argument that people made when uh, DMC Devil May Cry was going to come out, and the console version was at 30 frames per second and people were like oh it's not going to be as responsive there's a little bit of truth in that and i've found you know both because i've gotten more used to some of the idiosyncrasies of the dark souls 2 engine versus dark souls 1 engine uh i found this to be a lot easier to play on pc i was dodging attacks easier See, I, I will argue i i agree i don't mean to cut you off yeah yeah, yeah. i agree in terms of responsiveness being better in 60 fps when the game is designed with that in mind. DMC was not designed to be played at 60 frames. It was perfectly playable and fine at 30 frames. Yeah. People were just looking for a reason to hate that game because it wasn't, you know, wasn't Silver Dante. No, I agree with you. I would say that Dark Souls 2, I don't know if they definitely created it with 60 frames in mind, but man, it does feel a lot better at 60 frames. Like, I'm, I'm not getting tagged by enemies as much when I don't really feel like I should. It's way easier for me to roll away from attacks that would otherwise have completely destroyed me. It just feels better. And uh, the dedicated servers are still up and running. Oh, yeah. PC. That makes the biggest difference in the world. It, it just feels like the best version of the game. And I know yeah, we're gonna get to, we're gonna get some hate on that, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, you guys are doing the PC gaming master race thing." And I, I don't mean to do that, but the fact is that it is the best version of the game. So, what do you want me to say? Like, I would agree. It's still perfectly fine on consoles, but it runs. I have never seen a frame rate rate dip on my rig. Uh, the graphics look better. And you're not losing out on... It's not like they suddenly said, oh, we're not going to have dedicated servers on PC or anything. There is no reason if you have a somewhat decent PC to play this on a console. There really isn't. My, I would agree. My little brother has a very modest computer, like a, like a Best Buy pre-built deal. And he plays the game and he says it runs perfectly. So, Yep. Uh, Plus, it's I, on sale. it was on sale and still is. I'm on my fourth playthrough right now and i'm still enjoying it a lot uh i stand by my review of the game i gave it an 85 i would say it's it's a absolutely fantastic game most likely going to be my game of the year it has some issues here and there that that frustrate me and i don't think it's as memorable as dark souls one but overall it is just a fantastic game like absolutely fantastic and i've had a ball with it and i'm gonna keep playing it i really enjoy this game i think it's got the exploration elements right just absolutely so much fun. Derek, play it. Mm. Well, now yeah, we're... I, I haven't played it enough to say how I feel about it vis-a-vis -vis Dark Souls 1, but so far I like it a lot. Yeah. It's okay, Derek. We, we still love you. Yeah. It's more... It's more I, I, one thing I would... I know you already talked about this, but they really didn't dumb the game down, like, all that concern that, oh, they're making it accessible. Accessibility is not cheesing out like the game is still very mysterious there's still great exploration they don't 
spoon feeds you story. It's just, you know, now the game tells you, hey, you're going to die if you go this way, you know, in the beginning. Like, it teaches you how to move and that sort of thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think oh. I'd have to really be in the right frame of mind. I'm all, I might also need to be drinking. It's not, a, a, and I gotta say, maybe maybe Steven's gonna disagree with me here, but I'm glad that now he's played it, so he can kind of help me out. I think it's way easier at the start. I think it's oh way yeah, it's easier. it's much easier, but then almost immediately it stops being that. Oh yeah, no, it's still challenging, but they they're a lot more forgiving at the beginning of the game, which I I think is a good thing because otherwise you turn gamers off, like. As much as I love the opening of Dark Souls, the beginning where you're just getting absolutely demolished by an enemy and you're supposed to run away from it, that's not intuitive, and that scared people off. You know, and and I would argue I, I've been having an interesting discussion with a friend of mine about how like should every game's job be to handhold you or to make sure you are introduced to it properly? And I would argue no. And I know maybe you guys will disagree, but the thing is. You know, once every game panders to making sure everybody understands it perfectly, you use you lose a certain sense of like the arcanity. Like, and there are games where it's like, you know, did I play this and have fun? No, but was it memorable? Yes. Like, that's where like games like Evo Land fall in. Where like, is this fun? No. Is it an interesting concept? Evo Land's a bad example because I think it's a bad execution of its concept too. But yeah, like <laughs> there are games where it's like, you know, I want to have fun, but sometimes you have to sacrifice like. Sometimes I want to play a game that's a really bizarre experience that, you know, is tailored a certain way, and it's not tailored to make sure I'm having a great time. It's tailored to make a point. I don't want every game to be like that, but I would argue that the first Dark Souls being hard to get into did alienate people, but that's part of its design. Like, it's supposed to feel like that. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. But yeah, we, we've talked enough about Dark Souls 2. Um, I would imagine we're going to get a DLC announcement at E3. I mean, when when the game says checking for DLC at the beginning, you know, I, I don't have well, to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Well, they also said, keep in mind, they also didn't have it in Dark Souls 2 at first, so they had to add it later. It you could, mean Dark Souls 1, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it could be that they wanted to have it there in case they do decide to do it. And I'm sure there would be, it would make sense to have it. Yeah, and I think we're all going to be okay if they do it. I'm not going to be upset. Um and I think that their level design is going to make it easier for them to do DLC. Just because it is so much more open and they, they don't kind of have the whole patchwork. It, it doesn't feel like a super intricately created world, so it'll be easier for them to do it. Mm. Take that for what you will. But yeah, that, that's us talking about Dark Souls too much. So, you know, I want, want to talk about other games. So, Derek, the, get in there. Well, it's been a busy couple of weeks, so I haven't really played a lot of stuff. Just a lot of FF10 HD, and the other game that I put a good amount of time into is Child of Light. We talked about Child of Light a bit before, or quite a bit actually, I think, and we weren't really sure how it was going to turn out. Well, I think actually I was the one that was being a little bit skeptical about it. Um, I just I looked at it and I I just saw like I saw a lot of elements that seemed like a lot like South Park. If they executed poorly, they were going to not turn out well at all. Like it could have been, I feel like it could have been a disaster actually, mm -hmm. but um, I find it to be really charming. And I also think that it's interesting that when it came out, it immediately got a lot of positive critical reception. And then a few people either backpedaled or like immediately pushed against it and were like, no, it's terrible. It's actually horrible. Like it, yeah, I it, think, did, it did kind of get like a little bit of a backlash, I would say. I, yeah, think that's, I, think, I think that's fair. What I think is that a lot of the initial uh, reviews that came out were saying was that the game was like very poetic and, um, 
artistic more so than like a solid game and, and people immediately took issue with that because they were like well but it's not the most amazing game ever mechanically and I would agree with that to an extent and I also think that the fact that they heavily marketed it as like a, J- a JRPG like they repeatedly said that they kept saying like fairy tale inspired JRPG and like it it's not a JRPG it's just like it it's a fairy tale-esque game that happens to have a turn-based battle system like I don't know why they were so hung up on saying that over and over. But, I agree. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I feel like they got that idea in their heads and they were like, we got it. We got to keep calling it the JRPG. So, well, I think people I, forget that JRPG means Japanese RPG. Like, it doesn't mean turn-based RPG. Right. Yeah, there was an article I read about that a while back where people were like, no, 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 stop calling South Park the Stick of Truth and Child of Light JRPGs. Yeah, just call them turn-based. That's what they are. I, yeah, I, they are turn-based no. RPGs. Right. So I think Child of Light actually came out a lot better than I was anticipating, and I am very pleased with that. I think it has great atmosphere and visuals. The Again, one of the things I was worried about is I thought it was going to look kind of cheap, but it's actually, like, it flows really well. The color palette is fantastic. Um, yeah. There's, pretty good, there's a pretty good sense of exploration, even though it's a 2D game. You get, uh, pretty early in the game, you get the ability to fly, and I was worried that that was going to cheapen it and make it feel like... You know, oh, I can just go anywhere, so it doesn't really matter. But it's not so much like, oh, it's not... I mean, it's a little bit Metroidvania style where you can go back to previous areas and stuff, but it's more just like you have to use your little Firefly friend to illuminate, like, secret passages, and there are treasure chests hidden and that kind of stuff. Um, One of the more unusual aspects of the game is it is written entirely in poetic verse. So every every set of four lines has two rhymes in it, or at least one rhyme in it. And I think that feels kind of forced sometimes, but I don't think it's, like, egregious, egregiously bad to the point where I'm like, oh, it's horrible, I can't believe they did that. I just think it feels like, yeah, they, they really wanted it to be that way. Just kind of like they really wanted to call it a JRPG. They really wanted every single line to be in, in, in rhyme, and I think it suffers a little bit because of that. But the game itself is actually a very charming and mechanically sound it's just like a if you took a 2d side scroller and gave it a like a turn-based battle system i'm trying to think of something that i can really compare it to it feels a lot i mean it even though it's made by uh, ubisoft it feels a little bit like one of the indie darlings that everybody loves like it's almost braid style and it's and it's art like it's art style is close to braid i would say um but I lost my train of thought. It's uh, it's a pretty good game. Surprisingly good game, actually. I think that the, the battle system is also balanced well. There's, at, le- at least on normal, um, I don't really ever feel like I'm in danger of dying, but mm-hmm. I do feel like my strategic decisions matter as far as, like, exploiting enemy weaknesses and stuff. So I like that. And See, I've the- heard from a lot of people that the game is actually too easy and that they like it better on the difficult mode because mm-hmm. they think that, that the difficult mode makes you make use of your abilities more. I think so, too. I, I think you're right. Um, the normal is a bit on the easy side. I don't think it's, like, complete and utter cakewalk, but I haven't really been in danger of dying, mostly because I think that they give you way too many healing items. Um, you're just getting, like, potion after potion and chests everywhere, so there's not really any danger of dying on normal. Yeah, well, what what's well, they're actually patching it to change it, I think, to casual and expert. Mm-hmm. I like, to change that. the names of them. Yeah, so it's interesting that they're doing that. I like that, though. Like, that's... You know, that's forward thinking. I think I think uh, the characters also seem like they're going to be underdeveloped overall because I'm I think I'm in chapter like six of the game. I don't know how many there are. 
and I have five party members, and each of the wait four four party members right now, and I know I know there's at least one more. Um, and the battle system only lets you have two out at a time, so you have to switch them. You can switch them in battle, like FF10 kind of, and there's no penalty for doing so. And everybody levels up equally, so that's cool that you don't have to worry about that. But each character is introduced with, like, a short series of text boxes, and then they join your party. And you're like, uh, okay. So... We are friends now. Yeah, it's not it's not really like they're focused on making really deep characters, but I think that it does its atmosphere incredibly well. It, it just... It really does feel very whimsical. I, that, that was what they were going for. It does feel whimsical. It feels very fantasy-like, and I think it does a good job of blending the almost that that childlike sense of wonder kind of thing along with something that would appeal to adults still because you look at it and it's it's kind of like inherently nostalgic almost even though it's nothing that we played in our youth but it just makes you kind of feel like you're a kid but not in a way that's pandering and making you feel like they're treating you like an idiot yeah which is a difficult balancing act to pull like you were saying with mario and luigi dream team that game Uh, yeah, see, there you go. That's a game that does a really bad job of making you feel like an adult because they just constantly are hammering tutorials into your head over and over. Child of Light very much skips like most of the tutorial stuff. You can, you'll see a little bit of it in the beginning, um, but they're mostly just like text pop-ups that they don't, and they don't really force you to do anything with it. They're just like, by the way, this is how you attack or whatever. But it, it's not as ham-fisted and over the top. So that's, that's a really good thing to bring up because I thought Mario and Luigi had a lot of really charming ideas narratively and... I loved the graphics in that, and the sound design was pretty cool and stuff. And I liked the ideas in the battle system, but it just was so offensively easy and treated you like an idiot, I could not get into it. And I feel like Child of Light avoids that pitfall, and I, I think that's commendable, because I that's exactly what I thought was going to happen with it, and it hasn't as far as I've played. Yeah. it's on the, it, it is on the easy side, but it's... I mean, it's like, you know... Again, price doesn't excuse poor design or anything like that, but it's a $15 game... And I think it's going to last, like, 7 to 10 hours total. I'm fine with that. Like, it, it's a good bite-sized game experience, and it does what it does well all, all throughout. It's, it's so. like I think, I think we pointed it out once. I'm okay with a game being good. It doesn't have to be amazing. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to change your life. Like, a, a 7 or an 8 game is perfectly acceptable to me. Yep, it's, it's, it's going to be, for me... It feels like a 7.5, uh, completely solid. Maybe an 8 if something awesome happens later in the game. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, There's mm-hmm. plenty of room in the world for all different types of game experiences. And I know that we also said that we don't want to waste our time playing bad games when there are so many good ones out there. But this is, this is you know, like, it's above, it's not bad. It's just not, like, the best thing I've ever played. And I don't begrudge it for not being the best thing I've ever played. Everything can't be Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> Nope. A little what bit of personal playing? bias there. None whatsoever. Well, no. it's true, though. Yeah. But good game, solid. I, I don't remember if you said you were interested at all, Rob. Or... I was mildly interested in it. I, I'll admit that some of the backlash on it kind of took me by surprise, but it seems like one of those things that I'll probably wait for a good Steam sale. Yeah, and I would pick it up on the cheap. Say, I feel like you would enjoy it um, if you paid, like, under $5 for it. Yeah. <laughs> Because then you can kind of look at it from like, well, you know, it wasn't a huge investment, and it's pretty good for what it's trying to do. So yeah, yeah it's it, not going it to offend me. It comes with my somewhat warmer than tepid recommendation. Sure, why not? It's a fun game. Mm-hmm. 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 But that's really the only thing I've been playing lately, and uh, 
I haven't beaten it yet, so I don't have a ton of thoughts. So I'm I'm getting back into it though. Like I said, semester's over, so I have, oh, some, stuff, I have some some trips this summer that I'm really looking forward to. But other than that, it is game on. Time to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Dragon Guard three comes out in like a week, week and a half. Is that going to be good? Yes. I don't know why you guys are so worried about it. It's not going to be the best game ever. It's going to be like near where it's going to be kind of like iffy gameplay wise, but the story looks fantastic. Music. I I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. I would say I actually disagree with you because I think it's going to be like Dragon Dragoon one and two, which were pretty crappy. Like yeah, they were, those were crappy. Yeah, for sure. But I like they were they were neat, but they have a different um they had a different like main programmer and designer and they you know Japanese reviews were good of it. Um, yeah, I mean sure I'm open minded. It got, like, consistent eights, so that's exactly what I'm expecting from it, not to be, like, mind-blowing, but... Uh, oh, man, if you've checked it out, I don't know if you guys are aware, but they, they have this prequel novella kind of thing, and they've been published... Oh, yeah, I heard like, about that. ...individual chapters of it, yeah, on the actual, on the official website, in English. So you can read these full chapters. They have a chapter um, of backstory for each of the, the Intoner sisters, as well as each of their disciples now, and there's, like, a good... I think there's, like, nine or ten chapters up there now, maybe ten... And it's it's fascinating stuff. Like it is way outside of the realm of your typical game narrative. Like there's some twisted stuff going on there. There's like a one of the disciples is um, he's like a, a sadist, and but he has a he looks like a young boy, but he's obsessed with like torturing people and stuff. And uh, they all have to each of the Intoner sisters, the main characters, basically the sisters of the main character Zero. They're all these powerful. There are women that have like this magic, song magic, and they rule over the various parts of the world. And their disciples are there. They're, they have these disciples that are like bound to them, and they have to satisfy all of their sexual desires. And they have like way exaggerated um, personalities and exaggerated sex drives and stuff. So they actually talk about a lot of that stuff in the novella. And like that baby-faced sadist disciple, Dito, he's like, "Oh, you know, I hate her. She's she's like a disgusting pig. I just want. I wonder what she'd look like if I turned her insides out." It's like it's seriously Ooh. twisted. Like it's, I, I and I think it's. I'm not really into like hyper violent stuff or anything, but um, I just I like how out there it is, and it's completely unlike a lot of stuff I've seen. I mean, because near near was pretty out there with a lot of its stuff too. Like we have Kaine, who is there's a lot of debate about Kaine, but basically it is insinuated that Kaine is a hermaphrodite, um, which oh yeah 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 they they handled like fairly sensitively. I felt like I mean it's definitely not like the benchmark for trans representation in games or anything like that. But I just think they, those scenario writers go where a lot of people are afraid to go. So I'm really looking forward to Dragon Guard three. I, I can't wait to see what kind of weird stuff they pull out. Yeah. I mean, oh crap. Says, yeah. I just got killed by a red. I just got killed by a black phantom who parried me. I have been grinding fates in FF 14 because I'm trying to be like you guys and multitask like crazy. And I haven't gotten any drops yet, but I'm still talking. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. I, I was sitting here. I, I knew where he was. Yeah, parrying is just too powerful in Dark Souls too. Like we moved on. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we that's, moved on. That, wow, Rob, he was in the middle of a conversation, and you just like shut it down completely. I'm sorry. I got really irritated when I died. <laughs> I'm doing my best not to complain about it, but I'm complaining. I just I bought an industrial sized package of Hello Panda cookie biscuits. Those are wow. so good. Wow, that's redundant. Cookie biscuits. They're like the chocolate cream filled biscuit things. And I went to World Market the other day because I was craving some Hello Panda. And uh, I definitely, I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not going to get the baby size. I'm going to get the big old box. And it has like 10 packs inside. 
and I got up to the register, and the guy gave me this look, and I was like, look, man, I really needed a lot of this particular product, so, so I'm going to enjoy some Hello Panda. Okay. I you think hear that? We're done. I think we're I done like with those. games, aren't we? Are we? Um, I'm not done. I'm never going to be done with games. Know what I'm saying? Um, I don't mean done with games completely. That, that, yeah, I think that covers everything. Everything I've been playing, at least. Everything I can remember I've been playing. Yeah. So did you want to move on to some news? Yeah, I think we got to talk about news. I think that's how we usually end the show. Oh, is it? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I guess I guess I could scrounge some stuff together. So this was a really cool announcement uh, as of a couple weeks ago at this point, but still. They announced a new Ace Attorney game, and it's uh, Big Phoenix Oh, man. Star- big Ace Attorney. It's like Dai. Dai as in like big D-A-I in Japanese. Dai Gyakuten Saiban. And it's a new Ace Attorney game in the Meiji era, which is super cool. That's 19th century Japan. And the hero is Phoenix Wright's ancestor. He's a cool-looking dude that carries around a katana, and his assistant is like a... She looks kind of like a... Just a demure, young Japanese woman. Um, I think it's going to be a really cool change from current Ace Attorney. And I, I love Ace Attorney stuff, but I feel like they kind of needed to make a big change to, to keep the series feeling fresh, and I think that's a good way to do it. So that's coming out um, at some point in the future. It, it's just in development, and they haven't announced a release date yet, but... Like every other Phoenix Wright game, with the exception of uh, Miles Edgeworth 2, I'm pretty sure that'll come out here. And Ace Attorney 5 did really well here. So. Oh, it did? I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. I don't have any stats up to verify that. I'm pretty sure like it, it at least met their expectations, because I remember there being a lot of, um, uh, like, not not threats or anything, but Capcom was like, yeah, so, you know, we really, you know, we're really uh, hedging on some bets here by bringing this out so i want you guys to support it I, I just one of the community managers was talking about that a while back before phoenix Wright 5 came out and they were like uh, please please prove that phoenix Wright is something that america wants so i think it did pretty well well enough at least that uh, at least it did you know well enough in japan that they're going to create another game which is this one so i'm looking forward to that i'm and i'm pretty sure we'll get it so yeah i'll admit i'm a pretty big uh history buff so that they're making a phoenix Wright that takes place then is just ripe with awesome potential yeah, they can do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, it's definitely it's different. Right. I, I think Derek hit it. It's it's going to change it up a little bit enough so that it feels fresh, which, yeah. you know, I've played a couple of the Ace Attorney games, and I feel like I've played them all. Uh, but now it's kind of like, oh, this is, a, this is a little bit of a different take. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. So this is a... It's just, I'm going through my news chronologically here, but we, we did a crossover podcast recently. You may have already heard about it elsewhere, but we, uh, Stephen and I, did a podcast Hello. with the fellows from Train Station at 8. They're another video game music appreciation podcast. And they were super cool. They had us on to talk about exploration themes in um, video games. Most of the stuff we talked about was RPGs just because that's our area of expertise. But um, we talked about other stuff in general too. So it was really cool. Um, you can find some links on the, probably still in our featured content sidebar on the main page. Um, or if you just check, you know, look for it on our site. I'm sure you can find it. But train station at eight um their website is whalesarewhales.com which i forgot to i forgot to ask them about the meaning of that but uh they were cool guys so if you guys are interested in some more video game music discussion outside of rhythm encounter you can go check out that bonus episode please do i Uh, agree so this is really cool shin megami tensei nocturne came out out of nowhere for ps3 as a ps2 classic like a downloadable game which is awesome because nocturne is one of my favorite ps2 games uh, it's also one of my favorites, and also what's cool is if they get that, you know, <coughs> native PS2 support working, it'll work on PS4, which means you can play Nocturne and Vita. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be that would be really nice if they could do that. Yeah, so that's out now. Um, they teased it one day in advance and then just released it like sub guys. So they, that bodes well actually because um, they teased. They were like in the email that they sent out right before it released. They said, "So you know, is this all? Is this the last um, Atlas release for PSN coming?" And in, indicating like there's more coming. So um, I think people were saying that it's probably going to be Devil Summoner Two, the Raido Kuzunoha versus King Abaddon. I forget. I still mm. have a sealed copy of that one. I never opened it. Yeah, I have one too, actually. I think we'll get Digital Devil Saga. I think that'll be the one. Yeah, they were having some it. some really serious emulation issues, I guess, with that. Because um, it was supposed to come out a long time ago. Mm. But um, that's probably also on the way, which would be cool. I mean, I'd care so much about that that I'd probably buy it again, even though I have them. I would Just to definitely be like, buy it again. Yeah, I'd be like, I love these. Keep bringing them. I gotta give that one one more shot. Every time I get a little bit further, and I like it. I definitely like it. I just, I just don't know what it is. It just doesn't. Ah, it's grindy. It's called, it's called you're not playing DDS2 yet. That might be it. That might be it. It does. It does get even better. So. All yep, right. So that's out. That's out now for ten bucks. Yay. Uh, do Do we talk about the the thing? Well, I have other things to talk about, but go ahead. Uh, so the thing that happened uh, this past week, or almost two weeks ago now, um, there was a little leak on NeoGAF and everybody, uh, NeoGAF and 4chan, and everybody was kind of talking for a while that there was this supposed game that From Software was working with Sony on, possibly Demon Souls 2, because Sony owns that IP, and then after all this hemming and hawing, a bunch of pictures released of something that's called Project Beasts, uh, Project Beast, sorry. And it it looks like a Souls game. Uh, it's got a really dark, gothic, almost Victorian... Maybe gothic's the wrong word. It's kind of like a dark Victorian vibe to it. Main character wearing like a cape, looking kind of Van Helsing is what the term that was being thrown around a lot. He's definitely wielding a shotgun and a sword, which is like, huh, interesting. My guess is it's a Shadow Tower game. I think that's what the director, uh, Miyazaki, of Dark Souls and Demon Souls has been up to. I think they are bringing a Shadow Tower game that's going to have a lot in common with Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and that franchise, but it's going to be more confined to like a single environment or something like that. So, I have no idea what Shadow Tower is. Right, me neither. That is a first-person dungeon crawler. That uh, The first one was released in America, but Shadow Tower Abyss was released in Japan. Oh, yeah. right. And it's got guns, and it's got a medieval flair to it, and it just, I don't know, that's just the first thing that came to my mind, is that I don't necessarily, it's probably going to have souls in the title, but I think it's going to have a lot in common with Shadow Tower. Which is kind of different, and I I like it. I'm very excited for it, I think that that could be, you know, the finally push Rob over the edge to getting a PlayStation 4. Um, it's uh, This is an exciting time right now. This is my favorite part of any console generation where we get the new IP announcements, uh-huh. which, you know, I remember the first time you saw Uncharted, and it was just called the Naughty Dog Adventure Game. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool, and I, I'm really looking forward to these kind of reveals, and I think E3 could be great. That just means I have to kill Derek and wear his skin, because he gets to go to the Sony press conference as of right now, and I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know why I got invited, but I did. Because you're Derek. Because I'm Derek. I guess. I mean, that's that's really nice of you guys to say that I'm apparently worthy of that invite just because of who I am. But I mean, I'm a go, and I'll well, be like, "Sup, guys? I heard you like RPGs," and they'll be like, "Not really." Like, so that's... actually, I like COD. 
Oh god, that that'll get you into it. It it definitely. Uh, I'm very excited, and I, I hope that we get then the announcement of this From Software game that has been hinted at for so long. That'd be cool. I mean, I might be pushed to play it a little bit more because, as I've said, one of my issues with Dark Souls is I feel like it's not a very technically sound game, and that puts me off of it because I'm not super into the atmosphere and stuff. So if like they came out with a cool, maybe a little bit more polished technically game in that same sort of style i might like it more well i I also i also want like a different style or aesthetic but that's just you don't like the dark stuff i i can get into it it depends you know i i tend to like if i like dark stuff it's definitely more styled like digital devil saga style dark Mm -hmm. or nocturne style dark than like dark fantasy kind of um yeah basically dark soul stuff I don't like things if they're like Dark Souls. No, that's that's. Cool. I'll allow all that. Although I will heartily disagree that it's not technically sound, but I can appreciate why you might feel like it's that way. Well, what I mean by that is like the stuttering frame rate, kind of, and like. Ah, uh, okay. Like, yeah. Like some ugly textures and that kind of stuff. Well, if you played it, yeah, I can agree with. If you played it on PC, I, I do mm-hmm. think that if you're gonna play Dark Souls two, play it on PC. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you will thank me. Well, yeah, if I'm, if I'm going to play it, I will, for sure. Because if yep. I have a nice enough PC, I might as well. So Sounds good. What else you got for me, big guy? So, the um, everybody had been hearing about this, basically. There were rumors swirling. But Nintendo did announce a 3DS, a pair, rather, of 3DS remakes of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. It's Pokemon, what is it, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yes. So, those are confirmed to be coming out later this year on 3DS. It's going to be a worldwide release, I think, in November, again. So, um, we had talked about X and Y before in the podcast. I had gotten a little bit of fatigue with X and Y, but I actually really like Ruby and Sapphire. I know they're kind of the, they're kind of the black sheep of this year, as I guess, so I'm not trying to be a hipster about it. But I do enjoy, I really like the region Hoenn. Um, I don't like having to have HMs for dive, surf, and waterfall on one Pokemon. But I enjoy the watery region and stuff, and um, I like the legendaries and... It's cool. Like I'm just I'm glad to see that they're continuing forward with the three remakes kind of or the three D iterations of Pokemon, and I hope that they do some more cool stuff with it. Like polish it up a little bit. There was a little bit of wonkiness I felt like, especially with the if you remember the the main city in X and Y, you could Had that get glitched out glitch. in like your save file. Yeah, so just some of that stuff because I feel like the city was not really like put together super well. So. Yeah, so um, I'm excited. That's cool, and it was one of those like surprising but not really surprising announcements. So, yay, more Pokemon! This Hello Panda is good. So, Square Enix sales are beating expectations, which is what sales? Square Enix's sales. Ah, yes. Which and Final Fantasy X and Ten Two HD did uh, very well, which means in two years expect twelve HD. Oh my god, I want that so badly. So badly. That is the Such game worse. I want remade in HD more than any other game, except for maybe Xenoblade. But I think I'd like a Dark Cloud 2 in HD as well. Mm, that would be cool. That's a cool game. But yeah, um, so basically just Square Enix said that uh, Final Fantasy XIV, like they singled out XIV and Realm Reborn for exceeding their expectations, as well as 10 and 10 2 HD remaster, Thief, and Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. So that's really cool. Their, uh, their sales are on the up, and... Um, that coupled with some of their recent statements about like wanting to basically recapture the magic of Final Fantasy and like you know make it that franchise everybody talks about again. 
Um, but it has me optimistic. Obviously, they have to put their their money where their mouth is and actually continue to produce this kind of stuff. But if 14 is an indication of the direction they're moving in with their development practices and stuff, like they they could very well be the the studio that they used to be in in my opinion. So I'm excited what's, to see what they put out. Yeah, what's interesting is that Bravely Default sold better than Final Fantasy 13 3 or Lightning Returns. Like because it was better. Well, it was better, but also I think a lot of factors are involved. But they were like surprised. They were like, "We we didn't expect that." It's like, well, yeah, because people say they want this, and, right. and I, look what happens I, when you do it. I think they're finally starting to realize because I don't I don't know why they denied a lot of this stuff for so long. Like people don't want Bravely Default. Like the hell we don't. I don't know what kind of weird world they were living in where they just ignored all of the the fan the the support and like the petitioning and stuff for games like Bravely Default. Because didn't they recently say they were like, yeah, we were genu- genuinely surprised to find that people actually wanted JRPGs in the West. It's like, what? It's like, did, they, did you, you guys... forget about Final Fantasies 1 through 10? Well, I think... I, I think what they forgot is they forgot that their audience was not the audience that was buying the games that were selling 10 million copies yep. each time. That Steven they, beat me to they, it. They forgot that their audience is not the Take-2, take, take, take uh, Activision, Call of Duty... And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making fun of Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto here. Like, those games have a great audience, and I'm sure there's overlap. But they forgot that the 10 million people who bought that, there is not as much overlap between those people and the people who bought Final Fantasy X. Like, I think they forgot that that's not their audience. And so they were like, well, if we change our games, it'll sell to them. No, it won't, because those... Oh, I'm going to make generalizations, so... But yeah, like, it's not the same audience. And I think that's why they thought they had to change their audience. Yep, I mean, look at when they were talking about their sales expectations for uh, Tomb Raider and Hitman. I mean, they were completely ridiculous because they expected it to be a Call of Duty seller, and it just wasn't going to be. Like, it just, it's, they simply were not going to be sellers like that. Yeah, so I think with more reasonable expectations and a firmer grip on reality, then they may, uh-huh. they may yet turn things around. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad for them. I mean, you know, well, they're, yeah, they're very happy. making money, but I'm, I'm glad that that they uh, are understanding a little bit better what their audience actually wants from them. I would agree. And that's how you make a new audience, too. You don't make a new audience by making games that look like other games. You make a new audience by making games people want to play. Right, and doing what they do well. Yeah, and having the right expectations for it. It's not that any of the games like Tomb Raider and all that aren't good, although, I mean, I don't really care for it, but, like, most people like it. So, you know, you make a new audience by making something good, not by making what you think people want. Uh, agreed. Yep, exactly. All right, I have one final news story, and that's that um, yet another Atelier game is coming out here. It is the remake of Atelier Rorona, so they're just calling it Atelier Rorona Plus. I don't really know why this exists. Um, it is a PS3 remake of a <laughs> PS3 game. I like how you say that. I just don't quite know why this exists. I think we said that I, before about something. I don't. It's a PS3 remake of a PS3 game. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying right now? They, Maybe to save money on um, art I don't costs. Know. I, don't, I want you know I actually I want the next Atelier game. I want Atelier Shally, even though that's a ridiculous name. I want that one actually, but this I uh, I'm being biased. I just I really didn't like original Rorona. I thought it was really bland um, and ugly and not fun in a lot of ways. Um, this remake quote-unquote remake, whatever you want to call it, is taking a lot of the... Like, they're taking the uh, base systems from Meruru, which was the third one in that series, and I like that one a lot more. Like, it was probably my favorite, actually. So, 
it's cool. Like they're you know they've changed the battle system, they've changed the character models, they've changed pretty much everything about it to make it more in line with the better games that came out later on. I just thought it had um, cool. <coughs> how unprofessional. I thought I had one of the weakest casts, and uh, I just I didn't care. So I I didn't care then, and I don't especially care now. But that's me being surprisingly um, apathetic about it. So that's going to be coming out later this year in the U.S. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's coming out for PS3 and Vita. Uh, 50 bucks and 40 bucks, respectively. And I knowing... guess it can be good if you want to have the whole trilogy and like have a better version of it. You know, I can appreciate yeah. that, at least. I guess I appreciate that they're willing to go back and kind of like fix the bad one of the trilogy. But And, and they are still continuing work on their next one, which is Atelier Shelley. So, I mean, you know, it's not really hurting anybody, so... That'll be out later this year, and since I review all the other ones, I'll probably review that. Hopefully it's good. And that's it for news, gentlemen. All and right. ladies and as well. I was only and addressing... The, the next I mean, time we talk, it could be uh, E3. It could very well be, yeah. We still have about a month before that, you know, three weeks-ish before we leave for E3, so we might get another podcast out before then. It's a possibility. We, uh, we, we don't. We got to make a decision about how many podcasts we're going to do from E3. I'm kind of saying two or three from E3. Mm. I think, well, I think two is good because I don't know that we'll have enough to say for three. On the other hand, we could have two where we talk about what we saw. Because the thing is, we'll just be posting them, you know, probably without much editing because they'll just be live. Um, Which is dangerous. Well, well, somewhat. It'll be all right. I think we'll be okay. I, I believe in us. But yeah, so yeah. two sounds pretty good. So we'll, you know, at the very least, um, we'll our next podcast you'll either hear from us at E3 or we will talk more specifically about some pre E3 thoughts and announcements. So E3, the, the hype, the hype storm is coming. E3, everything the, the is going to be the, the next month. So. That there is yeah. a hype train. Uh, it's on that NeoGAF thread about Project Beast, and you just have to look at the picture because it is hysterical. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff. I think you know you guys are definitely going to have Final Fantasy 15 to talk about. I think we're going to see that at one of the press conferences in great detail. That'll get you guys certainly excited, and we're going to we're going to see some cool stuff. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I am really, really hoping that we get a Fallout 4 announcement, but I've been disappointed before. Mm, that would be cool. Yep. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. As Derek was saying, we will definitely have. Well, can't say definitely. We will have podcasts from E3, but we were try to get one more in before we get to E3. So, as always, give us uh, shout-outs on the message boards and positive reviews on iTunes, and we will talk to you all later. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Party on. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Woo, woo! Random encounter! Random encounter! RPGs! Uh, Excellent! I'm keeping that in.